0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Deep State Radio. I am David Rothkuff. I am your host, and I am in an undisclosed location, not in Washington, D.C. Rosa Brooks is currently at um, a potato chip-filled location somewhere in Washington, (laughs) D.C. Otherwise known as
1: my office.
0: Well, is your office full of potato chips?
1: It was full of potato chips. Now I am full of potato chips. (laughs) Well, Uh,
0: And we are also joined by Maggie Feldman who is the uh, queen mother, mother superior, uh, (laughs) mother superior jump the gun of NatSec Girl Squad. And, uh, of course, Emily Brandwin, who is known as CIA spy girl because um, uh, of her career in the CIA. She was also an improv comedian and is going to be the host of the brand new Deep State Radio series, entitled Washington for Beautiful People, which will do the unprecedented and connect smart, engaged opinion leaders from Los Angeles and the entertainment community with the discussion about the big issues that they care about, and with folks from Washington DC, because Emily knows um, both. and this probably has to do with your checkered past, Emily, and around Thanksgiving, you know, um, you know people tend to sort of get into the past because they go back, they go back home, they talk about, you know, they go to high school reunions um, uh, and, and that kind of thing. And I, I just wanted to ask before we get into the heavy foreign policy stuff, um, was high school a good time for you?
2: Are you talking to me? Because I heard the word high school and I went into the corner and started twitching and shaking <laughs> and I'm going to start drinking time now. Um, no, it was a horrible, horrible time. I was aggressively awkward, like aggressively awkward. I was so awkward when I got married. You know, you have pictures and people do the montages of you through the years. My husband asked me why I didn't have pictures between like 10 and 30. I had to explain that those were my awkward decades. It was horrible. I didn't go to one prom. I went to a small high school. So they had three proms every year. (laughs) For those of you want to do the math, that's 12 proms. I didn't get asked to, I asked a boy to one prom. He rejected me, but he like rejected me three times. He said no, but then he called me back to make sure I knew it was a no. So it was horrible. And I had bad hair. so
0: So wait a second. You didn't, you, 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 didn't get to go to 12 proms, but you were rejected 13 times. I mean,
2: it was like, there's a prom where they call it the peppers prom where the girls ask the boys. And so my senior year, I'm like, I need to go to one prom. I just want to go to one, just one. So I asked this guy, I'm not going to say his name. um, And I thought, okay, he's cute. He seems nice ish. It's fine. I just want to go, whatever. I called, he said no, but then he called me back to make sure I understood that it was a no. So it, How it that was that unclear, though? Cool. <laughs> <So.
0: laughs>
2: I mean, I would think my tears on the other line made it super, super clear. Me going, oh, okay, like super clear. But I was like, really? You had to call me back to make sure I knew I was rejected. I was super clear about it. But no, it was horrible. I also had unfortunate hair because my mom convinced me to get a smart haircut. Well. If anyone is curly- yeah, oh, if yeah. you have curly we, we hair. We
1: had unfortunate <laughs> hair back then. <laughs> Did <laughs> you your mom either. call it a smart haircut? No, my mom, my, trust me, my mom, there were some other issues. But.
0: <laughs> well, is, Rosa's mom is a national treasure, but I could only imagine that she named you after Rosa Luxemburg and you were marching and. You know, communist party parades when you were six. <laughs>
1: David, I was named. I got a twofer. I was named after Rosa Luxemburg and Rosa Parks.
0: Wow, oh our I mom's right? I'm loving. I'm loving that. And did that haunt you through high school?
1: Um, I was. I was constantly having to fend off idiots who would call me Red Rosa, which was very annoying. And the irony, as we all know, is that now, now. Republicans love Russia, but at the time, as a rare Democrat in a Republican town, uh, people would say things to me like, you know, why don't you just go back to Russia? Which never really made any particular sense. But but uh, if I had only known that if I just waited long enough, uh, those very same right-wing creeps would, would be embracing Russia.
0: <laughs> I gotta tell you, I, I know that, you know, just. Your mother is such a maniac on Twitter.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. My I created a monster. You know, she wasn't on Twitter at all. Um, or or to be more accurate, my mother had a, so there's a small organization, which is, by the way, a fantastic organization that our listeners should check out, the Economic Hardship Reporting Project. Um, and my mother had a Twitter handle that had been created by, you know, the intern there or something for her. But the intern... Um, uh, did all of her tweeting on her behalf and in her name, except it turned out that the intern's main interest in life was was trans rights. And so for, for several years, all of my mother's tweets rather mysteriously focused on advancing the trans rights agenda. Um, not really the issue most people would, would think of associating with her. Um, and then she said plaintively to, to me and to my brother at one point, said, I feel like I should start tweeting myself um, in my own name, but I don't know how. So we very rashly gave her a Twitter lesson. And next thing you know, um, now she's got like 16 times more, more followers than I have, or my, <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, and, and no one can stop her. Yeah, Who's what your I mom on Twitter? Who is my mom on Twitter? Uh, my mom. What's her handle? What is her handle? It's uh, uh, Barbara at B Aaron Reich. B underscore Aaron Reich. Barbara Aaron Reich. Oh, I think I follow her. You may follow her. She, everybody <laughs> right. follows her. Goddammit. You because
0: <laughs> She's always her tweets always have this kind of gentle off with their heads tone.
1: She's got sixty thousand followers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait a second! Isn't she? Let's let's you know be fair here. Isn't she winning a big award this weekend?
1: She is. Yes, my mother. My mother is already uh, off in Amsterdam, where she is. She she is going to be the 2018 recipient of, of something called the Erasmus Prize, which is a big European lifetime. Achievement Award for investigative journalism, journalism particularly focusing on poverty and inequality, and that's very exciting. And I'm off to Amsterdam on Friday night, uh, along with numerous other family members and and fans, to uh, to be there for the award ceremony, where we will get to meet the king of the Netherlands. Who knew that there was a king of the Netherlands, but there is, and we're going to meet him.
3: That's cool. You know, really I was
1: just cool. at
0: lunch. I was just at lunch here in New York um, with our friends from the Comedy Cellar, and as I walked in, this sort of tall blonde woman and her two children walked by, and one of the children spilled their food on my foot, and then they just kept going, and the 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 hostess said to me, "Oh, you're very fortunate. That was the Princess of Denmark." Oh jeez. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, you know." Um, Royal vomit on my f- on my <laughs> foot. Um, it was, it was not maybe it's good, good luck. It's, it, yeah, no, it's, it's seriously it's like I when guess. a
2: bird poops on you, it's supposed to be yeah. good luck.
0: Yeah, no, I, that's also I'm pretty sure not true, having been pooped on more <laughs> times than I care to admit. Um, uh, okay, so Maggie, before we get into the more yes. serious stuff, I just want to know about what you know. Would you be going back to a high school reunion? Today's Thanksgiving, people. Most of the people are listening to it on Thanksgiving. Would you be going back to one or was high school, as it was for Emily, a dark and unhappy experience for you?
3: I think so. I will not be going back. I have been asked to return to my high school to come speak and have artfully dodged that invitation for a few years now. Um, I was solidly weird in high school, just as weird as I am now. And was firmly, you know, born as, like, a 96-year-old woman who, like, loves opera and glitter and, like, have just always been this way. And that's really not well-suited to um, maybe more Republican than my parents realized at the time prep school in central New Jersey. Um, And I thought...
0: What town in central New Jersey?
3: I'm from beautiful Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and I went to the Pennington School. Shout out to TPS. I'm sure they'll love that. Yeah. Um, I, I They nearly kicked me out because I was three minutes late every day and was just frankly too weird for them. Um, and you know, I think they're glad they didn't kick me out. I'm also glad they didn't kick me out um, for being perpetually three minutes late every morning. Um, but you know, I'm I'm in no rush to go back. I also did not go to my prom, um, but I am on the on the reunion planning committee for my undergraduate institution to make up for it. How's that? That's
0: still pretty nerdy.
3: Yeah, no, it's super nerdy. I, I literally say, I went to concert opera last night on a Sunday. Right? Like, who does that?
0: Well, my wife's an opera singer, so so I, am
3: I. Yeah. We should talk about that one day. Yeah, we
0: should talk. <laughs> my wife, by the way, is a opera singer who, had, for the past couple of Weeks, months, actually, has had a a shock of purple hair in her hair.
3: Really? uh, Are your wife and I related?
0: Possibly, possibly related. (laughs) Um, um, But uh, well, anyway, um, Rosa. By the way, we skipped over this. Did you go to your proms? Um,
1: um, I went to a prom. Yes, Um, it wasn't really my prom. Um, because I, I left high school early. I, I, I graduated a year or I didn't graduate to be more accurate a year early, I left a year early. Um, so and I went you to the prom, I went to the college. Yeah, and I went to the prom of the class above me, um, which was a horrible, miserable, rotten experience, which I will not relive um, uh, on this podcast. Wait, just
0: wait a second.
1: I wait,
0: just, I, we're going to relive this a second. Oh no! So <laughs> so no, no. First of all, we've relived a lot of of your life, and I'm happy to expose my life too. But what? Just like laid out there. What was your undergraduate institution, Rosa?
1: I'm not telling anyone.
0: It's a secret. Okay. So Rosa went to Harvard, right?
1: I'm not. Um, I'm not admitting <laughs> anything. I'm not saying anything. But
0: but, but you <laughs> went to Harvard as a frigging junior in high school.
1: Uh, wow. no, I was wow. I was done with high school when I went to college. I was all done.
0: Oh.
1: Um no, I was a bad and unhappy high school student. I was a truant, David. I missed in my final year of high school. I missed hundred out of one hundred and eighty days of school And there was a little <laughs> kerfuffle about whether I was going to be permitted to to leave <laughs> um, and whether they were going to try to torpedo my my college career. Um, but after a series of, uh, Cajoling and bribes and threats and so forth. Um, My high school agreed to uh, wave a fond adieu to me and my truant ways, and off I went.
0: I don't know about you guys. Do you feel inadequate now listening to this? I I mean, I don't
1: know. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. I was. It was not very happy.
0: I mean, I feel Uh, pretty. I feel pretty inadequate. If you really, but maybe. I just I went to high school in New Jersey also. You and, did. Uh, yeah, the in Summit, New Jersey, and oh, the main thing course. that I learned in Summit, New Jersey, was to feel inadequate. So, yeah. uh, uh, and then you know coming to college in New York City didn't help that at all. Uh, well, okay, so you know it's if it's it's Thanksgiving and I just thought it'd be interesting to you know get a little bit more relaxed because people are probably digesting as. They listen to it. and unfortunately, most of the news that happens in the world uh, is hard to digest in and of itself. Um, Rosa, is there anything good happening in the world that will help people digest? <laughs>
1: well, is anything good happening in the world? Not really, David. I mean, no, nothing good is happening in the world. i mean, the 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 forest fires winding down. That's good, I guess. and Um, there hasn't been a nuclear war and that's, and that's basically good. Um, um, but I'm really having, and we're all gonna, you know, we're all gonna go into the bosoms of our, of our families for better or for worse. And that's probably all to the good. Um, doesn't,
0: doesn't Steven Pinker teach at Harvard? I mean, didn't you study any of Steven Pinker?
1: Yeah, Steven Pinker. I, I'm, I'm not really a Steven Pinker kind of girl. (laughs) <laughs> you no, I you're,
0: you're, you're really not'm
1: you i more like a Thomas Hobbes kind of girl yeah
0: you know, short brutish <laughs> at all. yeah um yeah no that's true Good. Corey who will be with us next week all uh,
1: against all
0: yeah Corey, our TR of optimism uh, 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 <laughs> uh, queen um uh you know is is probably more on the Steven Pinker side. Um, But, uh, you know, Rosa, one of the things that we've learned, you know, Stephen Picker will often say we live longer lives, healthier, fewer wars, fewer deaths from war, um, higher standards of living, et cetera, et cetera, more education. Uh, But I just read a story today that said that right now somewhere in the world lives the first person who will live to be 150 years old. And I'm just wondering, A, do you think that, that doesn't you? seem like
1: a good thing to me, actually? <laughs> that seems like a pretty bad thing. I mean, who'd want to be 150 for one thing? And boy, are we in trouble if everybody starts living to 150.
0: Yeah, although I did see a great tweet in response to it saying, please let it be Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
3: <laughs> she was at the opera last night. And let me just say, I was not emotionally prepared for just how frail looking she truly is. So let yeah. it be
1: her. She's teeny tiny. Yeah. She's tiny.
0: She's tough and she loves the opera. She's, She's teeny
1: tiny but she is pretty tough. Yes.
0: No, she is All very. All of t-
1: these things are true. She
0: is she is very tough. So, Maggie, I mean, you just had your first NatSec girl squad event, right?
3: So, um, it was our first full day event. We do like four to five events every month, but it was our first full day policy symposium. So, you are mostly correct. Okay,
0: well, that's you know I can't. I mean, as a guy, that's pretty good, right?
3: Yeah, that's um, that's more than most men get.
0: Yeah, no, well, that's that's um, I'm I'm going to cling to it. Uh, but <laughs> in any event, um, uh, was there any good news discussed? Was there any area where you said, "Hey, this is going pretty well"? Um, the eradication of a disease, or. Um, Uh, an institution that was working well, or was it all? Most policy meetings, everybody gets together and goes, this is a calamity, this is a disaster. If only I were in power, everything would be
3: fine, but. but. So, you know, I was I was gifted an actual tiara of optimism for my birthday um, a year ago in in honor of Dr. Corey Shockey because I am a subscriber to the tiara of optimism lifestyle.
1: Oh my and goodness.
3: so <laughs> the rules for the Natsai Girl Squad, Squad policy symposium is that no one could sit around on their panel and talk about all the problems. You're only allowed to suggest solutions, and then we can argue about the solutions. And this who's only for that? In the <laughs> because I maybe it's because I'm a millennial and I wear a lot of pink. I don't know, but I just I can't take it. Like when I look out at the world, I think we're actually going to be okay, and it just drives me up a wall to sit around and think otherwise. Um, and I figured since hey, I get to throw this event. How about everyone gets to live by my rules for a day? So we had 176 people over the course of the day um, kind of throwing out their craziest and not so crazy ideas for making the world better. And it was awesome. It was exhausting, but it was awesome. So wait a
0: second. I mean, I'm trying to, like, promote this. of. You know, women as the policymakers that we need, and and having a you know policymakers that are be you know diverse and reflect the world that we actually live in, and and break stereotypes. And you're saying that it's a bunch of women dressed in pink, talking happy talk.
3: Not and- everybody. Not oh. everybody wore pink. We had. Um. I think I might have been the only one in a pink pantsuit. And given that I also have purple hair, I'm, I'm definitely hard to miss. Um, but I think, you know, it just shapes my worldview, right? Like, I when I see chaos, I'm like, okay, that's fine, but I can't fix that. So let's just do another thing. You know, I should probably see a therapist about that. Um, <laughs> so the whole day was like, you got to pick what you were angry about and what's falling apart, but now you have to spend an hour and 10 minutes talking about how to fix it.
0: I think that's great. Was there a solution or an idea that just you came out and said, this is a big one, this is a good one?
3: I mean, definitely hire more women, right? Like, that's always my big one. Um, but there was a really great conversation about U.S. policy in the Western Hemisphere and how maybe we should just have a policy and, like, actually show up once in a while. Um, and we had four or three panelists and a moderator who had some very different ideas, and the videos are are up on our website so people can go listen to them. Um, but every single one of those ideas, whether it was dealing with you know u s Cuba relations or what do we do about the um, migrant caravan or what do we do about the FARC, all of these things, all of those ideas were pretty good. And I was like, I could see this being worth a shot.
0: Um, well, that's 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 <laughs> encouraging. Um, I, Emily, I don't really know whether you fall on the tiara of optimism or the thorny crown of entropy side of the spectrum. Uh, can you? Do, do you have trouble dredging up something positive to say about the world?
2: No, I think there is. It's funny, I do. I I'm a glass half full kind of gal. You know, little things like with all the fires and all this horribleness, I'm always heartened when you see these stories of hope and you see optimism, you see communities coming together and raising money. But for me, like personally, my whole, all my in-laws are staying with me right now. I don't know if that's the good part, but they're all here right now. They're wonderful. I shouldn't say that. But they're going to listen and I love them all dearly. But my niece is here and she's 13 and I'm just curious how she sees the world and Cause I see all these, you know, horrible things. And she was telling me about a project she's doing for a mitzvah. They have to do something charitable. And I said, okay, so what are you going to, what are you going to do? And she said, what I've been doing is I've been creating notes of optimism and love and just leaving them for people everywhere. Mm -hmm. We go to the grocery store, we put in their basket. I go to my school and I put them in the lockers. I put them everywhere. So people can just feel, have a happy moment in their day. And as I'm talking, I'm like going to get tearing up, but, and I thought, that's, I said, you know, why did you want to do that? She was, you know, I could raise money, but I just, I want people to feel it immediately. And I want people to feel good and know that there's somebody out there that thinks, that thinks about them and loves them. And so they feel good and have some kind of feeling of self-worth. And I just thought our world is in good hands. This is a 13 year old girl who lives in Florida and this is what she thought to do. And I thought if there are other girls like there, which I know there are, and there's young, other young boys out there who I know they are, who think like that we're going to be okay. Right now we have to deal with this whole shit, you know, storm that we're in, but we're going to be okay because there's people, young people like that. And that to me, like filled my heart, made me just go, okay, I can take a deep breath. We're we're going to be great.
0: Um, how come the girls can turn out okay in Florida, but the men are always like getting, you know, into a pool with an alligator and like-
3: uh, I'm sure there's a podcast about internalized misogyny there somewhere, I promise. <laughs>
0: Well, but men from Florida, I mean, it's a really a breed apart, isn't
3: it? Yeah, Florida man. It's, it, Uh, look, I have a two and a half year old little brother who currently lives in Florida, but hopefully for not much longer. And I'm like, am I going to get a phone call one day that you wandered into, you know, exactly an inflatable baby pool with an alligator for fun? I don't know.
0: Um. Okay. So let me just keep going, and let's just keep in this positive thing. And and I, and, I, and I really hate to do this to you, Rosa, because I know how hard this is for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I can't do. I can't do that, David.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just gonna, we're just going to try. do Go to Amsterdam, and they will provide you with all sorts of medications. Um, <laughs> all
1: right, that's a good plan.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good plan. But let try this. Are there any leaders in the U.S. or overseas for whom you are thankful?
1: Ooh. Um, I, I'm not going to name a, one individual, but I actually, you know, while I see plenty of reasons to be gloomy about the future of the Democratic Party, um, I also see some reasons to be optimistic. And specifically, I, I do think that the the crowd of younger folks who are uh, emerging as as leaders and potential leaders, you know, from Chris Murphy and Cory Booker and Kamala Harris and in, in the house, you know, in the House, people like uh, Connor Lamb and you know, I, I actually think Abby Spanberger, who has just elected, you know, some of the the new folks who are coming in. Um, I am excited about the increasingly diverse. Um, um, you know, very energetic and entrepreneurial new 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 and newer faces that we're seeing, and I am thankful for that because God help me if the if the only people we had on the uh, democratic side were you know Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, Diane Feinstein, um, I would just want to shoot myself.
0: Um, that's the most optimistic thing you've ever said.
1: <laughs> oh, I try. it is Thanksgiving. Oh.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for that. And and for both of you who and are I new like to the... And I
1: gravy. Stuffing and gravy are pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, they, but do you stuff it inside the turkey or outside the turkey? And well, do you, you
1: stuff you it, it inside of- the turkey, but then you have leftover that doesn't fit inside the turkey, and so you cook that outside the turkey, and you have both.
0: But so you don't worry about the E. coli thing?
1: Well, if you actually cook your turkey, you're in good shape. If you want to yes. eat your turkey raw, I can't help you.
0: Yeah, Uh no, that's a a good point. And I would strongly advise against eating the turkey um, raw. Uh, You did mention uh, Abigail Spandenberger. She was in the CIA, wasn't she?
1: She was. Yeah.
0: And now she's in the Congress. So the question, Emily, is what's up with you?
2: I've written, it's funny, somebody asked me, like, do you want to run? I'm like, have you seen my tweet history? I don't think (laughs) I'm I'm ever going to be in the, there's no chance for me whatsoever. But I, I like seeing a lot of these bunch of agency folks coming and, and running it makes it makes me really proud. I think the agency gets such a bad name so often and they're always slammed all the time. So I like seeing, you know, people kind of emerge from the agency really carrying on, you know, a good voice and a good torch
0: for us. All right. So uh, let's go to you next with this question. Who are you thankful for out there among world leaders or domestic leaders? Are you or, me? Yeah, or, you know, pop singers. Who, who, who are you thankful for?
2: I was like, I could do pop singers. Um, I, I There's. It's. It's sad because I look to them now. Other world leaders. I'm like, oh, let me, let me see how leaders should be leading right now because we don't have it. But you know, Trudeau, Trudeau, and I, I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's how you lead. They have enough. They have their own problems, but. You know, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the way he
0: leads is by being like really cute. Well, I mean, I've been in a a room with Trudeau. How was it? Was he dreamy? And
2: and,
0: yeah, and I was like sitting, standing there talking to my wife, and this was, you'll forgive the expression, in Davos, and we were. It was like a small room of people. There were probably fifty people in the room having cocktails, and everybody was having this nice conversation. And then I noticed my wife was not looking at me anymore. And then I noticed all the women were looking in a different direction. And then I noticed most of the guys were looking in a different direction. And he walked into the room and it kind of parted like, you know, some scene out of Camelot or something like that. And everybody was like, oh, my God, he's so wonderful. And I, I have to say, it's hard to like him. It's hard. But I looked at him and I thought, no, he's really good looking man. He's... Yeah. You know, and, and and then he started to talk and it was like, no, he's really, he's got it right. And I know Canadians are a little over him, but you know, I, I have to say he, he's, he's, he, he's one of the, the better ones of a new generation of leaders, talking about Rose's Point. Um, you know, There are a bunch of leaders out there who are uh, technically millennials or born in the, the late 70s or early 80s uh, on the world stage right now. And he's, he's a good example.
2: The way he talks about climate change the way he talks about diversity about it's to me it's such it's the way that our future leaders should always be talking and he's such a good example and i'm yeah. not just saying that because he's dreamy
0: yeah okay that's fine but yeah but he <laughs> is right but he but he is, buddy is. Um, um maggie anybody you're thankful for
3: you know i am thankful for the, the mayor-elect of mexico city Right. Uh, Claudia Scheinbaum uh, Pardo, I think is her last name. Um who just seem I don't really know that She's much of <laughs> the,
0: the Mexico City, the Mexico City Scheinbaums?
3: Yes, yes, who, you know, distant relatives of, of the Summit New Jersey Scheinbaums.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> But she um, had part of the 2007 Nobel Peace Prize um, with the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and now she's gonna be mayor of Mexico City. And look at that, the lost tribe found their way, you know? Like, she hasn't done very much yet because she doesn't get into office, I think, until the beginning of next month, but I'm pretty excited about it.
0: <laughs> you're, th- you're, th- you're thankful for a Jew who made it good in politics?
3: Yeah, but in Mexico,
0: <laughs> um yeah no well it's not the, it's not the first time there are actually many in Mexico as yeah. well. Um uh, uh well those are you know those are all I think good things and I think there's a kind of a theme among them. Um which is they all relate to a next generation of leaders. You know they all you know Rose's comment and 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 Emily's and Maggie's are all like a next generation of leaders where we can have some hope, whether it's Trudeau or Macron or the yeah, prime minister of, of New Zealand. Not not all of them, because, you know, there are two 30-something leaders I can think of right off the bat who, who are not that promising. Mohammed um, uh, uh, bin Salman and Kim Jong-un. Um, and, you know, I, I do, I do, I do I I do want you to have this opportunity, Rosa, to say that, you know, there are plenty of signs that millennials suck, too.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah, there are plenty of sucky millennials, and you just named two of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, But, but, you know, it's like, I, I mean, this past week, one of the things we saw in this past week, and it's in the U.S., but I think it's a broader problem is, you know, so one example was, you know, there was a lot of hope that Tech companies, were're going to be uh you know new way of doing business in a better world. And in the past week alone, we've seen Google give a bunch of money or past couple of weeks to a Mississippi senatorial candidate who is a racist who was joking about lynching. Um, we had Amazon essentially shake down the city of new york and 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 uh, uh, Arlington, Virginia, for billions of dollars in concessions when they're actually, full of money and the cities are, are not full of money. And then, of course, we had Facebook um, revealed to be using all sorts of horrific tactics uh, after its opponents, including also doing things like using, you know, sort of anti-Semitic, you know, uh, tropes against uh, George Soros and so forth. And, it was, and I was thinking, well, gee, we thought these guys were going to be a breath of fresh air and it just didn't turn out that way, did it? Any one of you can respond to that if you like. And none of you want to respond to it.
3: <laughs> I mean, I feel like I millennials, we get such a bad rap anyways. <laughs> what else can we say? But, like, everyone just thinks Amazon and, and Google, right? Like, you might as well just call them, like, an, a, a giant millennial. But, yeah, no, they have done some terrible things.
0: They're awful. They're just, they're they're awful. like... They're they're robber barons, but no top hats. They're wearing sneakers, and they have lap pools. I mean, yeah, it's,
3: and you can bring your dog to work, and there's and like, you have like, ironic facial hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like those mustaches.
0: What is that? I mean, you know, at, you know, I mean, I, 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 I'm really tired of my own generation. But I'm, I'm 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 sort of waiting for the next one to toss up a couple of real heroes. Do you have any to offer?
3: I think there are a lot, right? And part of the challenge is that there are these real her- heroes out there, and there are so many of them, but it takes a really long time to get noticed. And no offense, David, but sometimes we've got to wait for all the old white men to die out because they're taking off the chops now. Oh, um, fuck. But do <laughs> <Seriously? laughs> you have to die? I don't really have to die, die, but if you could make a little room, right? So not to totally belabor the Natsuk Girl Squad conference, but like the number one question I get from people at this conference or on the listserv or whatever else is like, can you help me get a job slash do you know someone that can sponsor my security clearance because I don't have one? And at some point I have to remind these people that I am very much a millennial just trying to figure this out too, right? But I get to come in contact with all of these incredible people, many of whom, yes, are young and want to make a contribution and could be the hero we all need. There could be hundreds of them and they're saddled with student loan debt and they're working in unpaid internships, you know, waiting for something to process in nine to 36 months. So I think it's a, it's not that there aren't heroes. It's that Maybe we're not doing the best job of helping them be heroes. I guess.
0: Um, well, I think that's probably a legitimate critique, Rosa. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah. No, I think that's right. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't. I'm glad not to be a millennial. I think it's a, uh, you know we, we haven't we haven't handed down to millennials the uh, best set of tools or opportunities
0: um yeah no i think that's i think that's absolutely right um well you know i sp- i'm not gonna die in order to make room for this next generation <laughs> i you know i'm i'm sorry maggie i'm glad you're on the show and I- <laughs> you <could> return but, <laughs> so why don't
3: you uh, just go to emily's for thanksgiving <laughs> deal with the turkey yeah, i could help you out there
0: Wow.
3: (laughs) Oh, I'm kidding.
0: This has turned so dark. You know, I'm (laughs) like, let's talk about Thanksgiving. Let's talk about what we're thankful for. Let's be happy. And it ends with Maggie saying, maybe Emily could poison David with some of her famous, (laughs) you know, poison mashed potatoes from the farm. I
2: mean. But no offense to Emily and her cooking.
0: No,
3: (laughs) no, no, none.
0: Yeah, well, Emily did you know a few hours ago tweet that her goal with regard to thanksgiving was that she wanted to make i guess everybody happy enough to be there but not happy enough that they would actually come back again something for next year
2: yeah i want everyone to have a good time but not such a good time that they're like let's make this like a routine thing we're going to come back next year
1: just good enough well i have to say that's That's the right attitude you think
0: that's the right
2: Yeah, you know,
0: I want to, yeah, set the bar kind of medium. Wow. Well, I just got to say something. As a, you know, um, middle-aged white guy from New Jersey, and that is, that's not our attitude here at Deep State Radio. We want excellent shows, and we want people to come back every week, several times a week, actually every day a week, And the way we're doing it is by cutting down on the number of middle-aged white guys from New Jersey and having lots of shows that are full of diverse new voices so we can make everybody happy. I'll still be around. I won't be killed by Emily's potatoes, but there will be a lot of new voices on these podcasts, including people like Maggie and Emily, who will be hosting her podcast, Washington for Beautiful People, and Rosa, who will be in Amsterdam, although... You know, after a few hours in Amsterdam, perhaps she won't even know where she is, um, as 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 happens. Although you did once describe it to me as sort of leading a band of kind of aging revolutionaries through the streets of Amsterdam. which <laughs> It's <a> the vanguard. <laughs> <laughs> it, should, it's, it strikes me as, you know, you should blog about it or something. Uh, in any event, it's Thanksgiving. The thing, the people that we are most thankful for here at Deep State Radio are, of course, our, our our guests and and our inner circle our wonderful inner circle who've been with us from the beginning Rosa and Corey and David and Ed um, but also especially um, our listeners uh, and we hope all of you have a great Thanksgiving uh, including those who are at Emily's and we wish you well um, and, uh, <laughs> it, and when we hope that you will, be with us next week and then in the ensuing weeks as we launch Emily's podcast and we launch the other podcasts um, and we expand what we're doing. And some of these podcasts that we launch are going to involve live call-in and some of them are going to involve live shows. And more and more, what we're going to do is try to create an opportunity for new voices to be heard, Maggie, including we have a new Mm -hmm. voices initiative where people who can't get there uh, word out because they're not old, white, or boring enough. Fight <laughs> for some of the existing publications. Uh, can submit their stuff to submissions at uh, uh, um, deepstateradionetwork.com, uh, and we'll publish it and promote it to our audience, which is approaching. Um, uh, I don't know, like between our various social media and the website and the podcast, we're getting close to a million. Ah, uh, people uh, reached each month, and so uh, you know, if you want to have a chance to be heard over the din, um, and despite the decaying white males, uh, come to Deep State Radio Network, and we'll, we'll, we will give you that chance. Uh, thank you, Maggie. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Rosa. Thank you, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. Deep State Radio is a production of the Deep State Radio Network